0: i'm sue Jeppers. this is the sue Jeppers show boom stan boom we did it we did it we won seven two winner winner chicken dinner i was
1: surprised i was watching the local newscast <laughs> and there she was
0: I- no, and
1: I don't know where you—you weren't as <laughs> smiling and giggly as you normally were. You, you did crack a smile. I was a little disappointed.
0: <laughs> I was saving it for today because, man, am I excited about it, was it! Like,
1: man, she looks pretty angry for just winning a Supreme Court case.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I—I I was a little frustrated with the local media as usual, but I just want to tell everyone: I am so excited. I am so proud of us. This was eight years in the making. Eight years in the making, and you all remember. Remember, you regular listeners, remember when I went to Washington, D.C. at the end of February, oral arguments in front of the United States Supreme Court were uh, February 28th. I had a blast. I had – it was just from start to finish, it was absolutely amazing. And you might remember I predicted this was going to be 7-2 or 6-3, and it was a 7-2 ruling. I'm so happy, so excited. Uh, the ruling came down Thursday, I think, the 7-2 decision, the majority opinion written by Chief Justice John Ro- John Roberts protects the right of Americans to peacefully express their political views at the polls. Even if in this special place, the court said that the First Amendment allows people to wear apparel expressing their views, whether it's supporting the Second Amendment, the Me Too movement, a ARP or the ACLU. Andy Selick was quoted as saying free speech and the Constitution prevailed today. It's ridiculous that the state would dig in its heels to the point where they had to where we had to take them to the highest court in the nation. We, sh- Well we showed that our rights to free speech don't stop at the polling place our framers would be proud. And we are, we're so happy. Wen Fa is the Pacific legal attorney who got us to the dance. And remember I told you, Every year, there are millions and millions and millions of lawsuits filed. Every year, some 80,000 cases are presented to the United States Supreme Court. And every year, the United States Supreme Court accepts about 70 or 80 of them. And to have one of them be ours is just amazing. And remember, we lost at the Minnesota, uh, we lost in the Minnesota court, we lost at the Eighth Circuit, and Wen Fa, my hero, coming out of the Pacific Legal Organization organization he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got I got this. So he wrote all the stuff that needed to be written and is submitted it to the Supreme Court and we win. You're welcome, Minnesota. You're welcome. And we'll have more on that at the bottom, right? Three thirty five when Faw's gonna call in. We're gonna revel in our victory. I'm still happy about it. I hate Mindot. I'll get to that in a minute, oh. but even I'm so happy that even Mindot can't bring me down because I'm just so that so so happy that we, that we. I hate Mindot. Sure I didn't hate sound them. Like it earlier. Do they hire the stupidest people ever? The stupidest people. You know, I might as well. No, I'll tell you what I have on the show today. Of course, Wen Faw is going to come on at 3:35. Talk about our SCOTUS ruling. Uh, we're also going to talk about local politicians playing political political activists uh, on your city councils, as your mayor, as your county commissioners. Uh, This week, we're going to highlight or maybe I should say low light, uh, some of the some of the shenanigans going on in Eden Prairie, Mankato, St. Paul, and a few others. We also have a big, big, big thank you to Country Time Lemonade. Uh, we'll save that for the 4 o'clock hour as well. And coming up uh, in just a couple minutes here, I want to talk about President Trump coming to Minnesota. This is a huge deal, people. This is such a huge deal. In fact, so many people wanted to see wanted to see um, t- Donald Trump, that they had to move it from the smaller arena into the bigger arena. So I'm going to ask you guys, are you going to go? Are you going to attend? Do you think Trump is going to endorse Jeff Johnson? Plus, it's a crazy, crazy, crazy election in CD5. And uh, we'll talk about if we think they're going to endorse a candidate, although one of them announced today she wasn't even going to show up Show up at the um, – Quickly called endorsing convention for uh, CD5. Um, Margaret Anderson Kelleher said she wasn't going to go. Uh, okay, before we jump into everything else, Colin, Colin, is it Colin? We won, we won, we won! Too. <laughs> hooray! Hooray! And Colin, I sh-
2: to everybody, to
0: everybody, and I should say you're the one that started this ball rolling. So thank you, Colin Wilkinson. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I was the instigator, you're the facilitator,
2: Andy was the tiger for liberty, and Dan's the
0: wise guy in and fact. And hooray. I am I am so happy. I just I didn't you have a great time out in Washington DC. It was such an amazing trip. I I really did feel like we were going to win. I was thrilled with the 7-2 ruling. I just uh I'm I'm just ecstatic for all of us.
2: Oh, tremendous. And 7-2 is wonderful. I You know, the the two that we found out about, keep an eye on those two. They're nasty.
0: Yeah, Sotomayor, the one who wrote the dissent, Sotomayor was the one that during the oral arguments actually said, um, remember, Andy had on a Tea Party T-shirt, and she actually said during the hearing, well, let's remember who these people were, are.
2: Right, well, the truly politicized left is always politicized. And meanwhile, I gotta go. Oh, we're traveling, but
0: hooray. Two <laughs> Yay. Thank you, Colin. Appreciate all your your help too. Oh yeah. Colin was the instigator. He started the whole thing. Uh, also I wanna tell you that tomorrow's Father's Day, happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. I want you guys to remember one in three children are growing up in fatherless homes. I want you to think about that. So if you're a father Thank you for being a good one. If you're a rotten father, well, you stink. And if you're not a father, there are ways for you to be that father figure for other people. So if you're lucky enough to have a father tomorrow, I hope you can honor them. And next week, I will not uh, be here next week. I am going to be a judge for the National... Christian Forensics and Communication Association it's the Christian Homeschoolers and it's their national tournament which is 500 kids uh that that compete uh it's over at the University of Northwestern so over in Roseville you can go over and watch it because it's just incredible uh I sometimes I'm the judge for Link. Lincoln Douglas debate. Sometimes I'm the judge for team policy debate. This time I'm on team policy debate and I am just, oh, so looking forward. They have a new one too that they're doing now, Moot Court, but. 500 kids. And man, let me tell you something about these Christian homeschoolers. They give me hope for the future. They give me hope for all of us. So when you think of the stupid woman who put her head in the tailpipe up at the concert in wherever it uh, was.
1: Funny.
0: <laughs> I know. So funny. Uh, you just remember there are 500 kids competing for the National Christian Forensics and Communications Association uh, next weekend. And, and there's, you'll have a lot of hope for the future of our country. Stay tuned, everyone. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. I just got to tell you, I hate MinDot. I hate MinDot. I hate MinDot. What's MnDOT. wrong with MnDOT? Do They hire the stupidest people ever to work. Are you talking at that about department? traffic or what? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Hey, okay. If you don't like it, move. So, well, yeah, I know. Yeah. I heard that. <laughs> so you know how they have 35W shut down south yep. of downtown. So they've got some 200,000 cars that use that stretch of road, and the detour is to come up 100 to use 694 or you know the 694 for mm-hmm. 94 loop cut through highway 100 so what did the geniuses decide to do today it <laughs> what took me did they decide It took me to do 45 it. minutes to get here you oh, know why what does it normally why? take you oh 10 minutes max okay so it's because an extra half hour. Yeah, i could have taken transit and been here sooner i know Oh my god i know well see maybe that's what you should
1: do see they have wi-fi uh, on there you yeah. can do your show prep here i am now you Saturday. can't do it in your car see that's uh, why mass we transit is brilliant doing it.
0: we were all on our cell phones we were at a dead stop on 694 Illegal. A dead stop. Yeah, the the squad car, the St. Paul squad car right next to me. Well, actually, it was a canine unit, so it was an SUV. But they were on their cell phones, too. Everyone's trying to figure out what's going on. I rolled my window down yelled, hey, what's the hold up there? almost got hit
1: by a cop the other day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> huh, honey, drive careful. Drive careful. And I bet you weren't wearing your helmet either. No, I was walking
1: okay. across the crosswalk. Oh no. Yeah.
0: Oh, there I decided not to stop. Well, coming up in the second hour, we're going to talk about St. <laughs> Paul. They're they're not no longer going to give warnings for almost hitting pedestrians. They're going to give them a $186 ticket. Yeah, stay tuned for the four o'clock hour. Okay, so what did MinDot do? MinDot decided with these extra two hundred thousand cars using six ninety four and Highway one hundred, it'd be a really grand time instead of having four lanes of traffic with two going to ninety four yep. and two going to a hundred. Let's just drop it down to one lane. One <laughs> Make lane, it twice and as then, bad. Right, right, right. And then on the on the side going t- towards Maple Grove, so heading um, heading west on 694 there's they're they're not even working it's just all these cones and and oh people were so mad and then on 100 cuz i come down 100 they had it's normally two lanes on that curve mm-hmm. from 694 to a, to to 100 south and they had one lane shut down and there were four guys standing there looking over the side of the bridge i wanted to flip them off so bad man you have a and bad case know, of road rage i know i I thought that. But isn't this what I you want? Really... You,
1: you always talk, hey, well, we have to build more roads, less we transit, do. more roads. Well, and get the people you off have to, the roads. You have to go through the bad times <laughs> to get to the good times when all the roads are built.
0: Damn, they're not adding lanes. They're not. In fact, I don't even know what these four guys were doing. I have no idea. And then I realized it's not their fault. So... I mean, I don't usually, okay, I never flip people off on the road. I want to sometimes, but I never do. It really isn't. And that's why I, I, and, but the one guy, I mean, he must have sensed the um, frustration. Yeah, on everybody's faces because we all, nobody smiled at him or anything. We're all just glaring at him as we, you know, start to speed up as we drive by. But Mindot, whatever geniuses over there decided to do that, you stink. I'm going to call there. See, I'm going to call on if Monday. If we had that
1: high-speed rail, you know, we wouldn't have to be dealing with this. You could fly right yeah, through, get on your yeah, Wi-Fi, get on your yeah, cell phone, get half yeah. your day's work done while you're riding to work and yeah. on the way home. you wouldn't have to sit in
0: traffic. Whatever. It'd be much more peaceful. You know what? It takes me three hours to take mass transit or to take any kind of public transit over here. So, no, it's not going to happen. All right. President Trump, Trump is coming to Duluth on the 20th, and so many people want to go that they've had to move it to a larger venue. Now, I was just up in Duluth in the venue for the Minnesota GOP convention uh, in the venue that was initially booked for Donald Trump. Now they had to move it to the building next door, which is a huge stadium. Uh, My son went to UMD, so that's where they held graduation, and it can hold a lot of people. And I'm not a huge... Um, well, I guess I am a huge Donald Trump fan now, um, but I never thought I'd want to go see him. But I did think about it. I did think, yeah, I kind of want to go to Duluth and see him. And I, I still kind of want to go see him. And I think it's just fabulous that so many people want to go. They had to move to a well, larger. it's not a
1: huge amount, though. It says it holds 6700 for hockey and 9200 for concerts. So it's probably somewhere in between there.
0: Well... No, it'd be a concert because there's no ice so sheet 9, down there. So nine thousand people. Yeah, I mean that's great. You know that's awesome, and yeah, I still want to go because I, I just think it'd now be really. He,
1: now, could he possibly endorse the other guy that's going to be at the primary? I, we don't want to mention his name because we're not going to be doing that. We're
0: calling him T. Pathetic. You get How about it,
1: Mister Pathetic.
0: <laughs> okay, so I, before we do that, Stan, are you sitting down? I I would like to compliment Governor Dayton. Yes. (laughs) Whoa. My compliments (laughs) to Governor. Extra, (laughs) extra, read all about
1: it. Sue (laughs) Jeffers compliments Governor Dayton.
0: Hey, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. But somebody said, um, somebody asked Governor Dayton, would you, you know, would you welcome president trump here to minnesota and governor dayton said yes and i think that was really classy and i think that was um exactly the way a governor of the state of minnesota should act and governor dayton said he would just be very happy to welcome president trump here and so you know what good for you governor dayton good for you a lot of the big talk of course is will trump endorse jeff johnson i think he will I think Donald Trump is going to endorse Jeff Johnson, and if you think differently, you can feel free to call me, 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. Uh, Jeff Johnson is the endorsed Republican candidate for Minnesota governor. He's going to be in Duluth on hand for President Trump's visit. Uh, he said he doesn't know if he'll have a former role, a formal role in the presidential campaign rally. Uh, Trump is mostly coming to promote congressional candidate Pete Stauber in the eighth district. I will repeat to you again: Minnesota is so ripe for the picking. We are so tired of the Democrat stranglehold that we see on um, in. In politics in minnesota and when i tell you Hagdorn can win in cd1 and jason's gonna win eric paulson you gotta fight on your hands um i think greg ryan has the poss- possibility to win in four that'd be a very 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 long shot i know dave hughes can win in cd7 tom emmer's gonna win in six uh, and Pete Stauber can win in eight. And the, I don't, folks, you do not realize the money and the boots on the ground that are going to be put on our state before this election in November. It is just going to be the, you know, ground zero for, for what's, what's at stake this election. Uh, Trump is coming to promote congressional candidate Pete Stauber in the 8th, um, but hopefully Johnson will, have, uh, will be able to be a bigger part of that too. Jeff Johnson said he would very much welcome Donald Trump's support, and he thinks that it would raise the vi- visibility of this race in the state to people who may not be paying attention. I laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh because T pathetic it said oh i haven't decided if i'm going to go tim you're not invited you're not the endorsed candidate you're not invited you don't, you don't get to go you don't get to be be a part of it and um i i i bet trump still remembers that palenti called him uninformed unfit unhinged uh Pawlenty's trying to say now that he's uh he's changed his mind he actually Typical palenty trying to walk the fence, you know. He's come to admire and respect what Trump has done as president, and he said that, uh, at, like a lot of Minnesotans, he's sometimes concerned about Trump's behavior and language, but in the terms of policy priorities and area focus, palenty agrees with most of them. We saw the numbers come out yesterday for donations, no surprise at all that Palenty had the most, what was it, $1.7 million. Let's remember, T-Paw got his um, people together before and said, you guys pony up a million dollars or I'm not running. So he already had a bunch of rich people lined up to give to put a million dollars in the coffers. And they made a big deal about Palenty having 274 donors who have reached the $4,000 maximum in 2018. They went on then and compared it to Waltz, who had 37, Aaron Murphy, who had five. Uh, and this year, Jeff Johnson had three, but he also had 27 uh, donors in 2017. Uh, What I think is really astonishing, too, when I talk about this being ground zero, I'm not kidding you. A better Minnesota has already spent $400,000 on digital ads against Tim Pawlenty uh, with just a whole bunch of TV ads that are going to start running in – in august which of course the primaries august 14th as far as party units go the minnesota dfl has a million dollars in the bank while the republican party has 669 thousand dollars on
1: that doesn't sound good
0: yeah that doesn't sound good but uh you know
1: and when you compare johnson's two plenties like you said he had a lot of donors lined up ahead of time but right obviously whether it's at the beginning the middle or the end if he's raising more money now i'm Would he not raise more money in the future as well? And that's going to be a problem for Jeff Johnson, I think.
0: Maybe. We'll see what happens. I think people are going to come out and support Jeff Johnson. I think uh, I think politics has changed. I think a lot of people don't have good fond memories of the eight years of Tim Pawlenty as governor. Uh, I think they don't like the deficits that he left us with. They don't but like the expanded role the of end, the Met like Council. In like a lot of people
1: didn't like Trump, they were like, well, it's better than the alternative. And that's why and I think if, Johnson's going to win. And if Pawlenty gets Cause you the have nomination or the primary... Or
0: yeah, I don't think he will. I, I, in fact, I'll, I'll buy you dinner if Palanti wins. Stan? The primary. Yeah.
1: Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah,
0: I'll buy you dinner. I'll buy <laughs> you dinner. Yeah. Would you mind if I
1: invited a friend to dinner?
0: I'd love to have her come along too.
1: No, I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about Mister. Pathetic. Oh, I've or had. Pathetic. I've had a me.
0: I've had. <laughs> I got to go to the governor's mansion and have. Uh, it was lunch uh, with just Tim and I. We had a lovely lunch. It mm-hmm. was um, at the governor's mansion. Talks it was-
1: afterwards, not so much.
0: Yeah, well, he lied right to my face. <laughs> and I guess I've never forgiven him. <laughs> and I know a lot of people if Palenti wins the primary, a lot of people will vote for him, and I will say again, I'm one that won't. And and I I think I'm not I don't think I'm alone that I feel that. I won't be a movement to try to get people not to vote for Tim Palenti, but no, I think Jeff Johnson's got what it takes this time and I think he can I think he can do it. Plus, I am just having so much fun looking at what's happening. Over with the with the Democrats, Erin uh, Murphy came out and started talking about how we need to raise the wage to $15 an hour statewide. That's just insanity, people. Uh, anybody who runs a business knows that. She came out and said that any worker sh- who works a full-time job uh, should be able to afford a home. Guess what, Erin? That's not how it works. <laughs> That's, that, that just isn't how it, how it works. Tina Liebling came out. and uh and and is apparently upset with tina smith because tina smith endorsed a non-endorsed dfl candidate tina liebling said tina smith was first on board with the mining amendment and and now supporting and endorsing a non-endorsed candidate how many self-inflicted wounds can her candidacy endure which uh, i think that bodes well for karen housley way to go karen um The House DFLers have a candidate running in every district district of the 134 House seats that we have. The Republicans have one, I think, in 131 of the districts. Plus, we have a great independent candidate running in the other side of the segment where the other side of the district that I live in. So, Columbia Heights, St. Anthony, uh, the South Side of New Brighton. Tim Utes is gonna gonna win that race from a from a first-time DFL candidate. Uh, CD5 is having their endorsing convention tomorrow, and I think this is going to be crazy. Get the popcorn going. Get the popcorn going. You've got Mark Dayton came out and endorsed Ellison for Attorney General over the endorsed candidate. Think about that. Mark Dayton also indo- endorsed Elian Omar for Ellison's congressional seat. They hastily called this endorsing convention. Most of the delegates don't even want to go to the convention. It's on a Sunday it's on Father's Day and we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see if an endorsement comes out of there I have a really really hard time thinking that that there's going to be an endorsement but the absurdity of Minneapolis politics is just get the popcorn ready, get the popcorn ready, and yeah, get the popcorn ready. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Wen Faw's is going to join me. He's one of the attorneys from Pacific Legal Foundation. After our victory this past week, that's the 10th Supreme Court victory. For Pacific Legal. And Pacific Legal has been around since 1973. Uh, They have been successfully litigating for private property rights, economic liberty, and free speech in the nation's highest courts. And wow, we won. So when fall, join us. You won't want to miss it. Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. We won, we won, we won, we won. I'm so excited. Boom, yay, us. And now I'm so happy to have Wen Fah joining us. Wen Fah is our attorney from Pacific Legal. He found our case. He got it all set up to take us to the Supreme Court. And we won, When we won.
2: Sue, congratulations. <laughs> uh, it's a big victory for free speech, as you know, and I'm I'm so glad that the Supreme Court finally vindicated your First Amendment rights.
0: Oh, I am too, Wen, and I cannot thank you enough. You and the folks at Pacific Legal, you know, without you guys we wouldn't have been in front of the Supreme Court and Pacific Legal was so amazing. You know, I, I want to remind the listeners that this started eight years ago, and and we sued back in 2010, and we lost in Minnesota, and then we lost at the 8th Circuit. And then after we lost at the 8th Eighth, Eighth Circuit, Wen found our case, and he said, wait a minute, this is a great case, right, Wen?
2: Uh, that That's absolutely right. And, you know, it just goes to show, sometimes you don't always win the first time at, at the lowest court's. Um, sometimes you have to litigate the same case or the same issue over and over again. We, we lost, as you said, at the trial court and the Eighth Circuit, not just once, but twice, as you might remember, <laughs> yeah. in both cases in, in this case. And um, it, it took eight years but the Supreme Court finally vindicated our constitutional rights and the constitutional rights of all Americans.
0: And I loved it. Yesterday you were tweeting when, or maybe it was the day before that, um, you tweeted out Alito's interrogation during the Mansky arguments all but sealed the fate of a statute that deserved to die. I loved that one, Wynn.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And just to remind your listeners, that oral argument when the government's attorney was up there. Uh, Just Alito asked the government's lawyer, well, can a shirt with the text of the second amendment be banned at the polling place? And the government's lawyer said yes. But then when Alito said what about the first amendment, the government's lawyers said no. So I, I think that really highlights the, the the fact that an overbroad law like this could invite viewpoint discrimination and invite election officials and poll workers to pick and choose Uh, Between speech they do like and speech they don't like.
0: Exactly. And it was shocking when, because the Pioneer Press, which is one of the two major newspapers here in the metro area, they actually the The opening paragraph of their, which was on the front page of the pioneer press, by the way, their opening paragraph said, in many ways the u s Supreme Court's decision Thursday to strike down a decades old Minnesota voting law can be boiled down to a riveting exchange between one of the justices and a lawyer for the state last winter
2: yeah, absolutely, And you know beyond Justice Alito, I think all the justices at the supreme Court. Uh, Recognized that this th- there there was severe constitutional issue um, with this law. Uh, seven in a 7-2 decision, Chief Justice Roberts said, well, under this law, Minnesota could prohibit people from even wearing Boy Scout uniforms or T-shirts uh, with the logo of Ben and Jerry's on them because it's so broad and so vague. Uh, th- that certainly chills the right to speech and the right to vote, and that's why we were joined in this case, as you know, Sue by organizations ranging from the Cato Institute to the ACLU so this is a huge win uh first First Amendment victory, not just for us, but for all Americans.
0: Oh, I think so too. And you know what? Uh, 7-2, I'm very pleased with the 7-2 ruling. I think we all knew that day when we were listening to the oral arguments, I think we all knew Sotomayor. We, we knew she didn't like our group. We knew she specifically said, let's remember who these people are. In her in her comments to, to the lawyers, and I still contend that if this would have been Black Lives Matter that brought this case forward instead of a tea party shirt it would have been a nine to zero ruling and i'm not going to second guess the court when i'm going to take my win my seven two win and i'm going to be really 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 happy about it but the the dissent did kind of trouble me a little bit sotomayor thought that that it should just go back to the state supreme court and and why would they do that
2: well i mean i think i i I think the dissent what, what we can read from the dissent is the dissent. I think if they had written about um, the issue, addressed the issue squarely, I think they also saw some constitutional problems with the Minnesota law. Uh, What the dissent said was they wanted the state court to uh, be able to address, to interpret the statute before the Supreme Court of the United States decides it. But, you know, I I think that misses the point that we've been waiting for eight years for our constitutional right to be vindicated. And in the meanwhile, voters across Minnesota have been chilled in their right to express themselves on Election Day at the polling place. So I think the majority was correct in saying, look, the state raised this claim way too late in the day. Meanwhile, the free speech rights of people in Minnesota, across Minnesota have been stifled. And that's why we need to decide this issue now, and we need it to decide it in favor of the First Amendment.
0: Exactly, 100 uh, percent. Um, I think we've seen a couple of things come out where the Minnesota League of Women Voters is says, look out now. We're going to see all kinds of voter intimidation. And I just I just want to tell people how wrong they are about that. There are still many laws on the books in Minnesota that will prevent any uh, outrageous behavior or any electioneering to happen in Minnesota. And this was just such a huge win for us when I just, 10 wins for Pacific Legal, 10 wins now at the Supreme Court. You guys have to be so proud. Did you start popping the champagne about, what, 9.30 Thursday morning?
2: <laughs> no, uh, you know, I am very, very happy, very pleased with this victory for the First Amendment. But the fight is never over. Um, I think we, we still have, as you said, we still have laws um, in other states. Some of them are valid. But some of them may not be valid. You know, you hear stories of people um, who are arrested and put in jail in some of these other states just for wearing um, a button that says, you know, I support this candidate or I support another candidate. And I think that's really offensive to the to the notion of free speech in America and even in Minnesota. This law, this decision by the Supreme Court gives Minnesota uh, the Minnesota government, an election to go back to the drawing board and to craft a statute that comports with the First Amendment. And we can only hope that they do, because if they don't, I think Pacific Legal Foundation will always be there to stand up for the First Amendment rights of all Americans.
0: Oh, I can't thank you enough for that, When So the other thing that I wanted to point out about this case is a lot of people thought that this was about a, a, the right versus the left, and because it was a Tea Party shirt, only the right, only the people on the right should be upset about this ridiculous broad law that was thankfully overturned by the United States Supreme Court. But when we had people like the ACLU who signed on board with us this was free speech uh passive speech although it is um we had both sides of the aisle from the ACLU to Cato to Pacific Legal to i mean this was for all minnesotans and then let's take that one step further when eric cardall our attorney one of our attorneys here in minnesota when when he was holding the opinion in his hand and initially we kept saying this law impacted uh, 10 other states had a law similar to the one Minnesota had. He was reading down that there were 32 other states that this ruling was going to impact. So this is not about left versus right. This is about everybody, and this is not about Minnesota and 10 other states. It's about all other states. It's about all of us. Well, sure.
2: All Every state in the country has some sort of laws that prohibit... Um, certain behaviors at the polling place. I, I think that laws that prohibit uh, voter intimidation and things like that, I think those would be uh, valid exercises um, of, uh, you know, the, I would have to look at the laws one by one, but I, I think they would generally be uh, valid exercises of the state's police hours. On the other hand, you have laws like um, in Texas, for example, where they put people in jail for wearing, you know, a button that says, Clinton, vote for Clinton, or vote for Trump. And I think that is, those sorts of laws are pretty offensive to the notion of free speech. And that's why I think the Supreme Court in its opinion said, well, we don't address these other laws one way or the other, um, because we only have the Minnesota law in front of us. But I think it really opens the door for a potential challenge um, to those laws in the future.
0: Uh, Wen Fa, I can't thank you enough. You and, and all your associates at the Pacific Legal, I am so excited. Um, yeah, don't go too far away. We might be needing you again down the road, um, but I can't thank you enough.
2: All right, and thank you, Sue, for standing up for your constitutional rights. Appreciate, very it. Important.
0: <laughs> Appreciate it. Appreciate and, it. And you know what, Wen? I look forward to the day when you get to argue your first case before the United States Supreme Court, and I'm going to make the trip to listen to you.
2: Oh, yeah, you'll definitely be invited to that.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Wen. Appreciate you weighing in today. All right, bye. Bye. Oh, my gosh. Y- yeah, he's my hero. He's my hero. And I'm not kidding you. I uh, And and he's young and brilliant and energetic, and I can't wait for him to go to the Supreme Court. Okay, um, I have more to say about the case. that will happen after the break. We'll take a break. Uh, Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. so much for tuning in. I am so excited about my victory at the Supreme Court 7-2, win-win-win. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Pacific Legal, Andy Selick, the Minnesota Voters Alliance, Eric Cardall, uh, everybody. This was eight years in the making. And now, we have another friend of mine, who's a lawyer, from another fantastic organization, the Institute for Justice. Hi, Lee McGrath. How are you? Sue,
3: I am am well, and I am thrilled for your
0: victory oh lee you don't know how happy we are seven three we were just you know i predicted seven three or six two but i am i'm just so 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 happy oh my gosh i don't know how you lawyers wait so long for all the opinions to come down i was just like every monday i'd be like oh it's gonna be today it's gonna be today oh it's not today and okay it's gonna be this monday and yeah patience is not one of my virtues lee
3: you were you hitting the refresh button repeatedly, Sue?
0: Over, over, over and over. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it was just it was just great. I wow. I'm so thankful for good. everything you good guys do for us.
3: Well, congratulations and and uh, congratulations to my friends over at Pacific Legal as well. They're a fine fine group.
0: They are a fine group. And you know I, what? Let's remind people all the good things the Institute for Justice does too, because you guys are out there fighting for us all the time. The big case everyone would know would be the kilo case and unfortunately we lost that one, but that didn't mean we were done. And Lee, that's about when you and I got to be friends.
3: That's exactly right. Right, Sue, and uh, it is terrific to to win at the court as opposed to having to win in the court of public opinion after the Supreme Court uh, uh, <clears throat> boggled uh, and botched. Uh, the Kilo decision
0: I know but you know what you didn't stop working you started going to state legislator legislatures and make sure that we had laws on the books that would protect people's property rights and I just want to say people might remember Institute for Justice because Lee and some of his associates have been on my show we've talked about pumpkins and hair braiding and uh, what civil forfeiture and shipments. Uh, yep and and how about the illegal search and seizure where they found the pot in the house when they went in that was is another good one. I mean, there's just, you know, Minnesota's fertile ground. Well, so are other states, too. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate but, but everything. Let's keep, let's keep the focus
3: on you and the great work of <laughs> Pacific Legal Sue, so I had a question for you. Yeah. You are an election judge. Yes. Now, what did this opinion tell you? Do you think you got clear instructions as to how to uh, interpret Minnesota's law now when someone comes in with a T-shirt whether it's the Gadsden flag or something else?
0: No, it, we have we don't have clear instructions. Now, the Supreme Court overturned the, the they said the the law is overbroad and it has to be overturned. Simon says he's going to come back and co- and Mansky too, said they were going to. Joe, or Simon is the Secretary of State. Mansky is the Ramsey County Elections uh, Commissioner, or whatever they, whatever his title is. Um, they said they're going to come up with something that will make it for easy for election judges to figure it out. Simon actually went so far as now people don't to say now people don't even have to go to the polls anymore. So many people are absentee voting that you can vote in your PJs. Um, but no, they've made it. And, and then you you know what makes it worsely? You've got some people on the left who are saying, um, oh, great. Now white people are just going to harass and intimidate black people at the polls. You, they're talking about how the Make America had a um, hats are going to become uh, the new Don't Tread on Me shirts, and those came about after the Klan hood fell out of fashion. That was an actual quote from a lawyer, I might add. And, it I mean, now you're getting and you've got the League of Women Voters who are coming in saying there'll be voter intimidation. Let me tell you something. There are still plenty of laws on the books that will keep decorum in the polling place. Election judges like me and others, we're not stupid, and we're not going to let you disrupt our our polling places, you're going to have a few people who might cause to try to cause trouble, but we can do something with that, and we're going to have to pay attention to what Mansky and Simon and the legislature possibly even decide to do with this, because there are a lot of other states out there that have laws on the books that don't make it nearly this complicated.
3: Well, I hope when uh, Secretary of, of, of State Simon promulgates those rules that you play a big role uh, because you uh, you know this issue backwards and forwards now.
0: I know, I do, and you know what? Um, it it really what I think was such an important part about this was the inconsistent arbitrary, way, subjective way that an election judge could determine that someone's in, in violation of this law. Let's remember, Lee, that law, nobody ever heard of that law. I was an election judge for six years before out of Joe Mansky's hat came this ruling about Tea Party t-shirts Nobody had even heard of this law. Nobody enforced it. And and then all of a sudden with the tea party shirt, we realized, "Oh my gosh, this could expand out to be anything." And you cannot allow your government to come in and squash even your passive first amendment rights. You can't.
3: That's that's right. It is the key to every other right. It's the key to debate, it's the key to seeking truth. And now your name and Andy's name and the Uh, We'll go down in uh, First Amendment jurisprudence forever.
0: (laughs) And and Lee McGrath, do you know how weird it is to read your name in a United States Supreme Court opinion? It's just you're like, that's my name. I'm there forever now, forever. I'm immortalized (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, we knew that too before the case. Well. But now the Supreme Court has caught up to us. Oh, to it.
0: thank you so much, Lee McGrath. Really appreciate hearing from you. Okay, um, oh my gosh, crazy, crazy. Now, now, let's just take another second here with the with the Supreme Court because the 2017-18 term is going to be over soon, and there are a whole lot of cases where. We're waiting on we um, the Janice case is a big one that's the right to work the union dues um, and and we're hoping that well they only have like what a, till the end of June to come out with 19 rulings so this is they're, they're going to be big we already heard the masterpiece cake shop one uh, that was a win for us there's another one on partisan gerrymandering that'll come out uh, Janice versus ask me is the one I was talking about that's the public employee union won that well the unions frankly are very worried about it and Kim Crockett was telling when she called me to c- congratulate me on our big win um, I told her we were waiting with bated breath and, and prayers that the Janus ruling will come out in our favor, too. And she said that they're hoping the Janus opinion comes out June 27th, because if you remember, the first time that case was presented to the United States Supreme Court, Scalia died. So, Rebecca was the first plaintiff, and then now they had to get Janice to come in for the second one but june twenty seventh is Rebecca the first plaintiff's birthday, so we 're hoping for the Janice ruling at the on june twenty seventh uh, there 's also A few more big cases about employers and employees. Uh, The internet sales tax is another big one we're we're waiting on. So we did see this past week, uh, before ours came out, the United States Supreme Court gave states the green light to clean up their voter rolls. That was a huge win too. And basically what they ruled, and the Democrats are lying about this one, don't let them get away with this lie, Uh, the Democrats are saying they can just take you off the rolls. No, they can't take you off the rolls. unless you haven't voted in two federal elections, two federal elections. The other part of it was that the state has to have tried to contact you and you have not responded. Uh, in Minnesota, that's not an issue. We have same-day registration, so you can sign right back up. Uh, but the bottom line is we have a lot of election issues that we're going to have to pay pay a lot of attention to. Uh, and we want. I want to... Um, bring up, too, that Andy Selick, Minnesota Voters Alliance, they have not stopped. They have another court case that is in front of a Minnesota judge uh, this coming Friday. And Andy was on, I forget if it was a week ago or two weeks ago, but they have found evidence of ineligible voting. uh, and, And Steve Simon has just let it slip by. You've got elections that have been certified when the secretary of state can't even Uh, promise us that there was no illegal voting activity going on in the 2016 elections. Steve Simon likes to go on and talk about how there have only been 11 convictions for illegal voting activity. Guess why? Because they don't look. They don't prosecute. And you actually have to have Uh, an illegal voter be stupid enough in some cases to tell you that they knew it was wrong, but they voted anyway. So pay a lot of attention to this next case that Andy's got coming up. uh, And I'll keep you posted how it how uh, how the court hearing goes this upcoming Friday, because it's wow. Wow. That's all I have to say. All right um coming up in the four o'clock hour we are going to talk about uh, some of the crazy local things that are happening and i tell you guys over and over and over pay attention to what your local city council is doing what is your crazy mayor doing what is your crazy county commissioner doing because they're all instead of being politicians there to serve you there to be your voice no no they're all feeling like they have to do something and I've been railing about the Uh, raising the age to buy tobacco to 21. Where's the lawsuit on that? Uh, I've been railing against the proposed Ramsey County Commissioner salary ordinance. They're giving them another excessive, giving themselves another excessive raise. It's crazy, but uh, Richfield's been busy, St. Paul, Mankato, Eden Prairie. Oh my gosh, yeah. The list, every week the list is long, long, long. Stay tuned, lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and Twin Cities News Talk dot com.